Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the birds who had to help Cinderella wash her ass. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm also Alicia Herter. The shapeshifter, the doppelganger. my God. My eyes turned bright blue. (gasps) My hair. Stunning. Just a sort of a lighter shade of brown. Messy bun. Yeah. Damn. Tall hair. I'm going to fuck you. (laughs) Okay. Everybody's always like, oh, if you like... Have sex with your, like, your double. Mm-hmm. Is it sex or is it masturbation? But if you have sex with a shapeshifter who just happens to look like you. That's a completely different entity. I feel like it is. That's it's just, legal. I mean, yeah. As long as it's, like, not your cousin who could shapeshift and look like you. Mm-hmm. No, that's still legal, right? It's just, like, frowned upon. I think it's actually just frowned upon. Oh, yeah. It's, like, big stigma energy. Big, big, big. Mm-hmm. So much that, like, they have to have podcast episodes about how... You know, it's not really that big of a deal. I love my cousin. I'm like, okay, Cleopatra. I don't know if I fucking know my cousins. Name one. Name one. Oh, wait, that's trademarked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Retract, retract. On today's episode, shapeshifters, witches in the news, and a spell submitted by a listener. Name a cousin, Alicia. You thought you could get away. Name one cousin. Can a cousin name me, though? That's the question, okay? <laughs> you can't but She flipped it. She's flippy-flopping When was it. the last time a cousin reached out to me? I think I Snapchatted one in like 2014. Did you leave you on red? No, he might have Snapchatted back. But that was it. Where are my cousins? What are they doing? And what do they look like? Do they look like you? No. Very different genes. <laughs> Very different. I got, I would say the cream of the crop. I would say so too. I had the correct mother. That's okay. How are you? I'm doing great. I don't really have much to say. What day is it? Is it September? No, not yet. This comes out August 25th. Oh, wow. So right now I'm still in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. How's the weather there? I don't know. Ashy. (laughs) Ashy. I hope not. Oh, when it's ashy, that's the worst. Today, when we're recording in New York City, it's very hot out. Mm -hmm. But this has been the anomaly. But I'm assuming in LA, it's going to be very hot out. And that will be the normal. Yes. Also, they have... As, you know, middle-aged housewives would say, a dry heat. A dry heat. Yeah, so that's going to be different on my skin. We're going to see. I probably need to put more moisturizer on. Mm-hmm. Well, what can I do? Did you ever feel like when you moved from Indiana, which is quite a humid state, mm-hmm. to Los Angeles, do you ever get, like, just really cracked lips? Like, really dry lips, really dry skin? Yeah. But I feel like my skin's always dry. But my lips were cracked like all the time. And so I obsessively use chapstick even to this day. Really? No. It's like the trauma response. It's a trauma response. I just need it. I need it to feel better. So when I was living in Hawaii, where everything feels wet for the first like month that you live there, you know, you get used to it and your body pumps up and absorbs it like some kind of cool jellyfish. Mm -hmm. Then I went and lived with my parents for a month in Texas, like in the middle of grad school. So I was not doing well, but also I had many weddings to go to. And the whole time I was there... My lips were just like 
burned Ugh. from how dry they were. They were so chapped. That's so annoying. It was awful. But my hair, gorgeous. Very smooth. Very smooth. Very, very smooth. Yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. I guess we'll see what happens. I don't fucking know. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So not next week, but the week after that. Oh, shit. It's happening. It's happening. So my solo show titled Wretched opens up at Sweet Lorraine Gallery September 9th. The opening is from 6 to 8. The work explores like a series of visions observed by three nine-year-old girls during a seance preceding the 1875 Westfield flood. I bought a book about it. A book? So I would really like it if you would make that $14 mean something and please come to my show. Also, if you go, you get free drinks. So really, I'm the winner. Yes. I win. Everyone that comes is honestly an ideal baby witch. You can make it here. You're in my close friends list. Boom, baby. There you go. And it's really sad <laughs> in there. It's dark, decrepit, but the show is beautiful. I'm using materials I haven't used in a long time, so it's been like really emotional for me to like revisit these things. I was telling Alicia like earlier this week, it's really surreal to be reading about a place that like you and I come from mm -hmm. in different ways and like hearing people from over a hundred years ago be talking about like cool creek that's so crazy it's like it's crazy and to think about like these places have like so much history to them that like i'm sure if we went back now there would even be cornfields that are gone now parts of creeks that are like built up that's true it's very sad i also did want to hype our patreon whoop, whoop. if you are not a patreon witch you guys are missing out it's five dollars a month you may not know that because we do talk about it at the end of the episode. Oh, we do. We do. That does make sense. But I did some math. Oh. Oh, my God. What is this paper? Where I added up. Was that a gel pen? It is a gel pen. <laughs> it's a glitter gel pen. <laughs> that I added up over a shit ton of episodes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and found that we have over 14 hours of content. That's too fucking much honestly you might say oh it's only 14 hours that's like almost two work days of just us like, pumping it out aggressively feverishly yeah and it's all really great funny content and i think that you should subscribe i mean i'm i don't want to like toot my own horn but i feel like patreon is really where it's at like these full-length episodes are great i think that we really let loose in the patreon and something that's been really helpful for this episode is that we had to come in early and say yo, Alicia's going out of town. Like, we need questions for this episode. So they knew three weeks in advance that we were doing a Shapeshifters episode. And their yeah. questions really helped in the process of our research. It did. It helped really give it guidance and shape. So I'm down with that. I love the Patreon. It Shit gets wild. Even the shit we say gets wild. The good stuff's on Patreon. Check it out. Wink. A wink. That said. That said. This episode, brought to you by our Patreon listeners, is on Shapeshifters. So before we get into it, did you have any sort of pre-expectations, cognitions, expulsions about shapeshifters? No, but I just realized the ultimate shapeshifter, Ditto from Pokemon. Oh, man. I didn't even put any of this re that research in. We could have gone oh, for man. hours. We could have gone for hours, which is like the weird eyes, but mm -hmm. it was Ditto. No, I mean, I've always been very fascinated with, like, the subgroups of shapeshifters and never really looked at it as, like, a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think in our research, it might have even put vampires or shapeshifters. And I was like, that's just so interesting how different each little subcategory can be. Exactly, yeah. And, like, 
how there's animal shapeshifters, but also shapeshifters that transform into objects, that transform yeah. into other people. How do you tell a shapeshifter from like other kinds of creatures is quite fascinating. Yeah. It's very in-depth and it's a lot of shit. So I'm excited that we're going to look at like the overview of shapeshifters and see like, what's up with this, you guys? It's getting to be spooky season, okay? Yes. I know it's not September yet because you just told me, but it's coming. It is. Right around the corner. Feeling that crunch, you feeling that chill. It's going to happen very soon. So what are shapeshifters? Shapeshifting is the act of taking the original form of a person, creature, or entity and transforming it into something else. Easy peasy. Research done. Go Boom. to the Patreon. Boom. Boom. But we're not done. We're not done yet. Okay. Because wow. shapeshifting has many different subcategories, a few of which include therianthropy, a person's ability to transform into another animal, and within that, lycanthropy, a person's ability to transform into a wolf, mm. mimicry, a beast's ability to transform into mundane objects to hide or bait prey. This is like mimics in video games where they like hide and pretend that they're like a little treasure chest and you go up to them and it turns out, no, they're a big scary mouth here to chomp <laughs> your whole party. The act of gods transforming themselves into beasts in order to lure and bait humans, in which I have written here, ya bag of dicks. <laughs> and in turn, gods transforming humans into beasts or objects to punish them, like I would say see our very good and infuriating episode on Medusa. Man, poor woman. Poor family, poor, poor series family. of sisters, but yeah. really like... It's like the Kardashians gone wrong. Oh, yeah. I know. And I, it did go wrong for a while. Yeah, it did. Really did. Shamanism and animal ancestry uh, that is unique to indigenous cultures and around the world. This is not an, a sort of an exhaustive list. This is a very short list. Mm -hmm. Could go on forever. So I read a bunch of books. Ooh, The books. first of which is J.A. McCulloch's the Childhood of Fiction. In this book, shapeshifting in folk tales can be brought about by five means. The first of which is the act of transformation by the will of another. This is your Thackeray Binks, the cat, your witch's curse. A witch or a god has transformed you, baby witch, to any number, for any number of reasons, but probably because you're getting in their way. Because you were making a mess of things. Because you wanted to expose them. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's not about the children across the river who are about to die. Just let the witch do what they want. Who was that? They did not like that. That witch did not like that. I retract it all. <laughs> I take it all back. Redacted. <laughs> and then you get another beep. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my heart. All right, we're moving forward. Transformation via bathing, eating, or drinking. This is your Ranma one half, your Alice in Wonderland, your Polyjuice Potion. The magic has got to get inside of you for the changes to begin. Ch -ch -ch changes. You're da -da 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 -da. now a mouse. Ch -ch changes. Oh, so like the witches. Yep. Okay, okay. I'm on board. Self transformation. So you're doing this all on your own, of your own free will. These are vampires, Mystique from X Men, and then the lizard people, which I think is an extremely interesting, but also dreadfully anti Semitic conspiracy theory that I think that we should cover. Because it does intersect with a lot of just really toxic, pagan, like, right-wing Straight beliefs. up, though, I saw a lizard person once <gasps> at the fucking Atlantic Barclays. Of course, it was, like, within the first week we moved here. Was it? Marcel saw it, too. Their face looked like a lizard. Baby, were you looking at the Geico commercial billboard at Atlantic Barclay? No. It moved. Oh. So unless it was a hologram. 
which is very different. But what were they doing? What were they wearing? They were catching their train. They were wearing clothes. And then how did you know it was a lizard person? Baby, the face. It was all in the face. They looked like a lizard. Was it a mask? I don't know. I'm concerned Uh huh. and scared for you. Oh, I mean, it was three years ago. Now he could be anywhere. It's I, like He is anywhere. We're all doomed. I'm glad that we're in here. Yeah, same. Far away. Very far. The fourth one, which I don't fully understand, is called Transformational Combat, in which two sorcerers, quote, battle as different creatures until one has defeated the other. And I kind of thought, okay, maybe this is like, you know, in like Dragon Ball Z, where like Majin Buu or Frieza, like have different kinds of final forms, or like in Zelda, where mm-hmm. Ganondorf often has like several different forms until you get to his final form. And J.A. was like, no, you stupid, stupid idiot. He said <laughs> okay, that it's J. actually, he came out of the grave, came out of the book uh-huh. with his little face. As they do sometimes. And he said, no, it's actually a storytelling pattern about transformational pursuit. So an example is like one person transforms into a fish to run away from a sorcerer. So the sorcerer transforms into a shark. And then the fish transforms into a sparrow to get away from the shark. So the shark transforms into an eagle and then so on and so forth until one of them is exhausted. And I was like, okay. Sounds like a lot of work. And it also just sounds like you transforming. Like it sounds like number three, self-transformation. Why don't you just transform into like a pterodactyl and call it a day? Yeah, true. Why don't you just transform into God? Oh, yeah. It's like rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, gun. (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. Everybody did. And I'm the winner. Give me all the Apple Jacks. (laughs) And then the fifth is transformational fugitive, which is when you're running away from someone and you transform into perhaps like a reed forever Hmm. to escape a goat god. And I again, I wrote four and five seem to be like directly attached to self transformation. It seems like reasons you would transform rather than like how you would transform. And then I stopped reading the book. I'm really proud with how far you got, though. Thank you. Like, you definitely at least skim the chapters. And, like, opening the book? That's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> I know how busy you are. Like, going to the library? Going to the, buying a book? In this economy? That's crazy. And then I have a number six because I thought that McCulloch missed transformation by magical object. Mm. And this is, like, your magical talisman, your seal skin, like, your wolf's pelt. And then I have another question. Okay. Which is... And I pose it to you, Alicia. Mm -hmm. Because I have all the answers. Yes. I hope so. I I, hope so. Baby witches need to know. Fucking try me, I guess. And Beauty and the Beast, when Belle kisses Beast Mm -hmm. and transforms him back into a prince, which is a transformation, Mm -hmm. which narrative form of shape-shifting is that? Boom, I got this. Let me look at what you wrote. Do, do, do. The act of transformation by the will of another. But she's not changing him... Like with her own conscious power. It's like true love's kiss. But a witch cursed him and she broke the curse. So wouldn't it go back to who originally cursed this person if that's his final form? As a sexy prince with like a lot of of chest hair? Mm -hmm. I have a joke written here about tongue kissing and and that means that he ingested it. But I like this one a lot better. I don't know what that means. He ate her tongue? I don't know. I was like, D- is the spit I the wasn't conduit there. for the true love? I wasn't there. <laughs> the only one who knows is Gaston and he's dead. I don't even know if he knows. He wasn't there that long, was he? No, he was just like the lightning cracked and then she stabbed him and he fell. Oh. Pretty sure he stabbed him. I thought wolves ate him. That's also possible. All these stories are very murky. What was the 90s? Who's Belle? 
Who is this bitch? Okay, so then I read another book. And by book, I mean master's thesis. Masterpiece. Goddamn <laughs> painting. I read it, which was The Significance of Shapeshifting and Transformation in Medieval, Welsh, and Icelandic Literature by Samantha J. Cairo. She sounds like a smart lady. And she went on to be a professor somewhere because I did look at her LinkedIn to make sure that she was not problematic. Oh, good. And she spoke about how overall shapeshifting is about power. Either you are a shapeshifter holding power over the natural world or you are transformed by another and power is exercised over you and you are confined, restrained within a body that is not your own. Plus, we, humans, spend so much time trying to separate ourselves from the natural world, we're like... Okay, over there's the woods, and then this is civilization, and that's where the Starbucks and the Gucci and my mom is. And so that's what I'm a part of, and I'm not a part of this other thing over here. I don't know why we can't put the Gucci and the Starbucks and your mom in the woods, though. A Gucci and a Starbucks and my mom all walk into the woods, and the mom says— And it's says, a great place to live. <laughs> she said, real estate prices just went up, baby. I'm here. She said, we're gentrifying this woods. <laughs> And then therianthropy, which is shape-shifting into animals, blurs the boundaries between the human world and the natural world. And humans love to fucking categorize shit. We love the, I almost said Pottery Barn. But I'm no, have you to seen say, like Pinterest? It's like, uh, what am I thinking of? Pottery Barn? No. But West Elm? No. Crate and Barrel? Getting closer. Container Store. Yes! Oh my God! Yes, but we love we love the container store. We love Pinterest. We love mood boards. Yes. Put everything in a box mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. underneath the bed. Where I don't have to see it every day. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we got there. Whew. Thank goodness. Shapeshifting also seems to be attached to femininity and the feminine body because a lot of the creatures that shapeshift are either women themselves or transform into women, such as the Korean Kumiho, which did you ever watch Lovecraft Country? Bits and pieces, not all of it. There's an episode about a kumiho. So this is a nine-tailed fox that lived for thousands of years with the sole purpose of tricking and devouring human flesh with a special affinity for the doodly kind. Ooh, good. Similar to the Japanese kitsune and the Chinese hulijing, the kumiho will disguise itself as a beautiful maiden to lure men so that she can devour their livers and their hearts. And I have written here, go get them, girl. Yeah. The juicy parts. There are folk tales of Kumio skulking around cemeteries to dig up freshly dug graves to extract organs, which I feel like is not as bad as, like, killing someone. That's just, like, you know, vampires, when they go and they suck human blood, there's sort of the, oh, I skulk around and find virgins and pull them into alleys. And then there's, like, I work at the blood bank, and I just take a little nibble every once in a while. And I feel like those are not the same. Grave robbing. You're into it. I approve. Okay, there we go. I'm sorry, Mom. She's like, I can't hear you. I'm in the woods. <laughs> Older Korean texts do tell stories of naive and helpful Kumiho, and there's some theories about when the transition to, like, mischievous fox spirit to Naruto-level fox demon happened. One theory is that during the imperial Japanese occupation of Korea, the Kumiho took on this vengeful spirit attitude particularly in reference to the Korean, quote, comfort women. Have you heard about these? No. They were basically women and girls, some young girls, that were kidnapped 
and then sold into sexual slavery for Japanese soldiers. Aww, and so sad. it was around this time that people were like, how our women are being not only weaponized against us, but their bodies are being used. Like, how do we weaponize the female body? And, like, women taking control of their bodies in a way that, like, if we're talking about the aggressor, the aggressor is, like, male soldiers. And so yeah. it seemed to be around that time. Hmm. Interesting. Shapeshifters also tend to have a particular affinity for stealing children. Oh, well. Gobble them up. Yum, you yum. should watch your children. <laughs> it's not the shapeshifter's fault. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Get a nanny. Get a friend. Get a friend. Get one of those watches. Get a mom. them. Get a... Sometimes you can't help it. But a mom-like figure. Put a GPS thing in them. Give them a cell phone. Give them a cell phone. Don't send them to school. Why are they outside? Why are they outside? I don't need to see children outside. I have a question. Yeah. I got not a fight. A disagreement about this recently. Oh. How do you feel about children on leashes? Like the little backpacks. Oh, hysterical. And then they have like little tails. Oh, so fucking funny. I honestly think all children should be on a leash. I thought this. And then I was told how degrading your child is on an animal. Just watch them. And I'm like, sometimes... I'm busy. I would say I'd love my animal probably more than I would love my child. So if my child was an animal, that is the highest compliment. I want you to be near me. I don't want you to get lost. I care about you. Look at this fun little backpack. It's a monkey. I saw a woman at the beach and her child kept running away. And Uh I was like, how nice would it be if like you could just put a little leash and put a little stake in the sand and your child could run around and... Or like a fishing rod and you just like reel them back in. Mm Mm-hmm genius she was like running i was like this child's gonna get run over by a bicyclist or drown in the ocean yeah do you want your children to drown or do you want them on a cute little kitty cat backpack leash rather that it's either that or they get eaten up by the inuit creature and i saw it pronounced both ihirak or ijirak this is described as being a half human half caribou creature and when they shapeshift into human forms They appear totally normal, get this, save for their eyes and their mouth, which are sideways. What? Like little vaginas. Oof, so scary. I originally learned about the Ihirak through Sheena Novalinga on TikTok, who is an Inuit throat singer and indigenous activist that all of you should really know. Ihiraks will kidnap children and abandon them in the tundra to never be found. They just pick them up. They're like, you must be an orphan, and therefore, not only my food, but maybe my plaything. And when I'm done with you, I will throw you into the ocean. Wow. They have such an agenda. They have things to do. Yeah. This is on their list. Wow. The story is that the Ihirak inhabit a space between the two worlds. And if someone travels too far north, they also become trapped between the two worlds, that of like the living and the dead. And then they transform into Ihirak. What? Several articles mention that the area called Freeman's Cove on Bathurst Island is like a place to see them. Which if you look at a map, it's so far north, there's really not that much further you can go before you get to Santa. Ooh, let's go. There's a really great artsy.net article called Why Are There No Great Female Werewolves, which I believe we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. that investigates the werewolf as a male power fantasy in pop culture. And when, historically, women were like, I saw a number 150% more likely to be accused of lycanthropy. Ooh, that's spooky. It was on the same level as witchcraft, which I thought was fascinating and not a thing that we really hear about. 
And when women do show up as werewolves in pop culture, it's usually linked to their sex drive, specifically PMS. I'm about it. A great example is the 2000 film Ginger Snaps, where the main character Ginger's werewolfism is linked as an STD. It's so good. It's Have such you a seen great it? movie. It's an amazing I movie. I want to see it so bad. Yeah. You should definitely watch it. It's so worth watching. It's a good spooky movie. Shapeshifting also seems to hold a narrative purpose of explaining the natural world and like the particulars of tradition. An example being like the Easter egg in Ostara, the amethyst narrative. What's that? We, oh, we talked about this in an episode. It's where, what's his face? The drunk one. I always want to say... Not Pan. Not Pan. I always want to say... Oh, Dionysus. Uh-huh. He's chasing one of those nymphs. As and like do. someone takes pity on her and transforms her into a giant piece of quartz. And then he cries because he can't have sex with her. And he cries wine. And that oh. turns her purple. Oh, that's lovely. And then there's the common folk belief of the animal double. And the idea behind the animal double can be a little loose. Perhaps a group of people are said to descend from an animal ancestor or are totemistically overseen by an animal spirit. But here's the deal. Is that you are bound to just one particular second form. Everybody gets one. Okay, cool. It sucks that yours is perhaps a giraffe or maybe a llama. But I think both of those would be lovely. Well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. But that's all you get is just the one. This is sometimes illustrated through dance, song, hunting rituals, or war rituals. And I got this via the Kachina house. And she says, she, I don't know. It's a website. (laughs) I'm gendering the website. That's fine. Whatever. But they say, shipshifting trains our egos to let go and become shapeless so that we can take on the qualities of our chosen animal. The most common form of shapeshifting happens through dance. The dancers dress themselves in feathers and animal pelts to activate the divine animal spirit in their movements. Instead of moving as the eagle would, the dancer literally is the eagle. Ooh, it's like method acting. Exactly. You are the barista that just moved to New York City and is just trying to get discovered. Yes, I am. You are the little rat that lives underneath my fridge. Why are you there? You don't need to be there you have a whole city anyway they love vegan cheese clearly it is quite delicious so then he propels himself forward in short bursts and movements hurling his arms controlled swinging movements he is the eagle this ritualistic dance engages their core their mind and heart i like the idea of the core meaning like they're getting really ripped in the tummy yeah i mean it's a lot of exercise dancing's intense and then in hunting The shapeshifter is associated with cunning, courage, loyalty, and strength. They are central figures in both the Zuni and Shoshone mythology and are a clan animal for tribes like the Cherokee and the Chippewa. Ooh, very, very cool. So that is shapeshifter's role in mythology and folk magic. I love it. Do you want to play a game? I would love a game! I was so excited! I saw this, I saw this, it says... Okay, in our Google Doc, it says, Alicia has something. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> okay, it's called Monster or Media. So wow. I'm going to describe something, okay. and you have to decide if it's a monster okay. or if it's from the media. Uh, how are we defining monster? Monster, mythological creature. Okay. Of mythos, of legend. Okay. Of a history. real, historical, cryptid creature. Or yes. politician in the media? What? Books. Film, games, media. Okay, cool. Cool. You ready? I'm very ready. All right. This one, 
We're giving you like a softball for the first one. Ready? I'm ready. I change form when the moon is full. Monster or media? Monster. Boom. Yes. Werewolf. And just for everyone, werewolves. Of course, I wrote like little blurbs. I love so, those. Werewolves are pretty fucking awesome. And people suffering from lycanthropy have been documented since 27 CE. 27 to 7. To 7. What does the CE stand for? Damn, remember Common when era. I knew it? Common era. Damn. And like you said, werewolves have parallels to witchcraft throughout history. And there was even a trial of supposed werewolves in what is now Switzerland in the early 15th century. And werewolf trials spread throughout Europe in the 16th century and only started to subside by the 18th century. So witchcraft trials, werewolf trials, we do them both. Don't think she's a witch. She could be a werewolf. Let's fuck her over. Yeah, that's like double jeopardy is not a problem. Because if she's not a witch, she's probably a wolf in human flesh. Yes, it's shit's crazy. We should definitely do a werewolf trial episode. Where we're the defendant and... (laughs) We put Marcel. The defense. (laughs) Yes. My client is not a werewolf. And then Marcel's like, oh, shut up. Dude, we're going to lose. There are actually various ways that a person can become a werewolf from being bitten and, you know, the light of the full moon to only wearing a belt made out of wolf skin to even drinking rainwater from the footprint of a wolf, which that was a new one. I've never heard of that one before. And clinical lycanthropy is, like, actually a thing. It is a very, very rare psychiatric condition where a person has delusions and believes that they are turning into an animal. A 2014 Live Science article said that there have been only 13 cases of clinical lycanthropy since 1850. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so fascinating. So, yeah, so over 100 years and only 13 cases. And they just think it's like delusions and some paranoia in there. It's just, it's very interesting that you're like, I'm a wolf. And everyone's else like, no, you're not, sir. <laughs> Take it or leave it. All right, back to the game. I am part of a bear cult. When I fight, I use everything I have in me. I am also known as a werebear. Monster or media? Media. Wrong. It's a monster. Holy, who is this? This is the Nordic Berserker. Berserkers were known to fight in a trance-like fury. This actually seems more like a glamour than an actual shapeshifter. But it's like when you're in war and you're fighting and you look over and the guy next to you is fighting like crazy, but he like looks like a bear. He's like fucking in it. So they're like channeling the ferocity of a bear when they fight these battles. And it is said that men who were called berserkers would howl like wild beasts, foam at the mouth, and gnaw on the iron rim of their shields. Like, they're just, like, fucking insane. And according to this belief, during the frenzy, the men were immune to steel and fire and made great havoc in the ranks of the enemy. So, you know, let's burn them down. They're not fucking getting burned. And when the fighting was over, the men just became weak and tame. Like, you know, everything's back to normal. Doesn't matter. I am deeply afraid of fire now. So it seems like they access that like inner mom strength. Like oh, the car's yeah. about to hit the baby. So the mom lifts up the car like that kind of thing. And there are actually a lot of theories on how these men went into this berserker trance. One was either that the men ingested hallucinogenic mushrooms or just like drink too much. And so, you know, they were just a bit more cocky than they probably would have been going into war. 
Another theory is that these men would capitalize on like their mental state and possibly their mental illness and induce themselves into fits of hysteria or even epilepsy. Whoa. Yeah. And fun fact, it is also believed that the Nordic myth of the berserker inspired the werewolf myth. Really? Mm-hmm. They were like, there are these men and they do turn into beasts. Yeah. <gasps> bada bing, bada boom. Next one. I live in the icy north. I have the head of a shark and the feet of a human. Monster or media? Okay, see, now I'm nervous about getting it wrong. Because <laughs> it does sound like some kind of actual monster. And we did run into that shark man cave, but it wasn't in the north. It was in a Hawaiian island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, and I'm unsure, because maybe I feel like you're going to trick me, but I'm going to go with monster. Media. No! quitting the podcast it's okay baby that's just victor crumb and harry potter and the goblet of fire god damn it it was <laughs> god damn it god damn it next one i made a pact with the devil and now can shapeshift into a jaguar monster or media a jaguar a jaguar how rare okay i've never seen the <laughs> i've never seen man. this monster <laughs> I've never seen the Catman superhero films. I didn't even know those were a thing. No, it's like the really famous one. Like Ant-Man? No. The Catman? <laughs> Catwoman? <laughs> no. The, and the guy died. Uh, spoiler? No, the actor died. <laughs> That's another spoiler. Shit. Okay. You know what? That monster. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> They're called the Mesoamerican Nagual. Nagualism is linked with pre-Columbian shamanistic practices, and it's very much connected to your birth chart. Yeah, your day of birth often determines if a person can even become a Nagual at all. How like based on, based on their old, 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 old calendar. It's like an Olmec calendar or something. Nagwals could either be good or bad, depending on the person. The community would always know who the Nagwals are. Like, they know who they are. There's no secrets. It's not like being a werewolf where you're like, is my neighbor a werewolf? It's like, no, you know who the Nagwal is. And you would either respect them, fear them, or just tolerate them. But they were a part of the community, and it was not like, this person is kind of a monster. We need to get them out of here. It was like, nope, they're our monster. (laughs) Isn't that lovely? I kind of like that. And Nagwals were capable of removing curses that other Nagwals placed on villagers. So even now, I believe in like rural areas of Mexico, if you call someone a Nagwal, it's kind of the same as calling someone a brujo, like a witch. Oh, really? So there was some kind of like witchcraft aspect that was part of being a Nagwal as well. Next one. Okay. I live in the oceans around Hawaii and have a gaping mouth of a shark on my back. Sometimes they call me a were shark. Monster media. Media. Wrong. That's a monster. How? How? Well, how does he on his back? I fucking don't know. How does he eat? Uh, with oh. his, he has his normal mouth, and he okay. also has a shark mouth on his back. And he's called the Nanawe, and sometimes they say that he can shapeshift into a full shark. When Nanawe was born, he looked like a normal baby, yet his mother had been told not to ever let him eat meat. Never, ever, ever, ever let this baby Even when he's adult, don't let him eat meat. And soon they could see why, because there was like a mouth of a shark like on his back. Very bizarre, but like, okay, whatever. Some kids 
are weird looking. You know, it is. It's just how it is. You know, it's just how it goes. Don't make fun of him for his birthmark. Yeah. One day, you know, mom's working her ass off just to feed him. She just like let Nanue eat some meat. You know, it was just like right there. And like, he's fucking hungry. And I don't know, it takes so long to make this rice. Rice isn't easy. And suddenly Nanue developed a taste for flesh from that one fucking hamburger oh, no. to wanting to eat people. A single locomoco. And he was off the deep end. Exactly. He began to eat people while they swam near the shores of the sea. And the townspeople noticed that Nanawe was never eaten, and he was always in the sea. And so they put two and two together, being like, this motherfucker's the one eating people. I mean, that's just math. That's just math. And so when they discovered that, they were like, yeah, we gotta kill him. But of course, he escaped in time. He ended up moving, I believe, to Maui. Had a great time, met a wife, beautiful, like keeping it contained. I'm not going to try to eat anyone. It's not worth eating anyone. Like I have such a great life. We have such a future. We have a daughter, you know. And then he sees one not related young maiden. Couldn't help it. He ate her. No. He just couldn't help it. So he had to escape from there. And then he's like around the seas, but all of the islands know the local legend about him. And so it is said that one day some islanders saw Nanawe shapeshift like into a shark or back into human. And then they beat the fucking shit out of him and he died. And then? And now he's dead. Okay. So we don't need to be worried. We can go into the ocean and we not can go worry into about the, this yeah. shark. No. He's dead. Isn't that crazy? What does his wife think? Did he pass on the shark mouth to his daughter? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know about that. It did not say that, but he could have. Oh, my God. Is it like a recessive gene? Like, is, was he touched by some kind of god? Said his father was known as King Shark. And I was like, that's too much. I just need to focus on one person only for this quiz. <laughs> we have to record in an hour. We have a very limited amount of time. And we spend a lot of time talking about nothing. So I got to really just focus. Okay, okay. All right, ready? Ready. I am a shapeshifter that can take the appearance of horses, goats, cats, dogs, and hares. I'm an Irish mixed bag and can either bring you bad luck or good fortune, monster or media. I'm trying to read your mind. I know, but every time you've done that, you've like gotten it wrong. I don't say it out loud. <laughs> what a horrible thing to say it to your friend. Media. Wrong. Did Just why? It's a monster. I'm not psychic. It's okay. That's the puka. The puka. The puka, little Celtic pukas, you know. They're fun. They're crazy. One theme of the puka's folklore is their proclivity for mischief. They love mischief. Very anything of Irish Celtic folklore. It seems like they love mischief. Pukas, leprechauns, they're all about that shit. They are commonly said to entice humans to take a ride on their back. So they'll like change into a horse. And then they'll give the rider the wildest ride. Like fucking bucking bronco style. Fucking like the reason why I don't like horses. Mm -hmm. And you know, they'll try to like one of those bulls. Just try to knock them off their back. And then just dropping them off somewhere. And you know, that person has to fucking walk back home. What a bad life. But they're like, ha, 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 isn't that funny? When it's like, no, horses are terrifying. What? I thought we were just going to the store. I just wanted a nice ride. You looked helpful. You looked really nice. And you really took advantage of me. Bummer. Pukas are canceled. Pukas are canceled. If you don't want to be taken on a ride with a puka, you need to bring spurs or some kind of iron weapon so that you can defend yourself. <laughs> I could fuck this horse yeah, up. I'm like, no, you can't get me. And then sometimes they can be helpful. There are stories of pukas intervening before a terrible accident or before a malevolent spirit gets to a defenseless human. And they're just always around, watching, listening, 
I mean, probably not in the States. It's more of a Great Britain problem, an Ireland problem, a Scotland problem. Yeah, I bet like... An island problem. Keep them over there. Yeah. I bet if they didn't get off the island when like people were coming on wooden boats, I feel like you're trapped there because they can't get on a plane that's made of metal. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Their time has sailed. All right, next one. Okay. I am a cephalopod who turns into a teenager. I love playing with paint, monster or media. Media. You're right. That Thank is God. the Inklings from Splatoon. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. If I rub myself with a magic stick at night, I can turn myself into a hyena. When I rub myself with a stick before the sun rises, I turn back into a person. Monster or media. Monster. Yes. Because I looked at this one. That is specifically Somalia's were hyena. And the concept of were hyena is very similar to that of a werewolf, but with one huge difference, which is while a werewolf is a person turning into a wolf, a were hyena is a hyena turning into a person. Oh. So while they're a person, they're actually just a hyena in disguise. Sneaky. So sneaky. And different countries in Africa have different variations of the were hyena. In Ethiopia, it is believed that only some blacksmiths can become were hyenas and that these were hyenas then become like grave robbers and eat shit. And it's, you know, not good. It's not a good time. And those creatures are called Buddhas. In Morocco, the Buddhas turn into hyenas at night and stay disguised as people during the day. And then in Western Sudanic folklore, there's a hybrid creature of a human who is nightly transformed into a cannibalistic monster that terrorizes people, specifically young lovers, because young lovers are the worst. Ugh, God. Like, no one cares about your love. As much as you care about your love. You have a shared Instagram, a shared Facebook account. And this were hyena will terrorize you. Keep that shit to yourself. It's like were hyena, Zodiac killer. Nobody likes. Nobody likes them. Lover's lanes. Nope. Don't flaunt that. Nope. Not at all. Next one is. I love tricking sailors to their death in the Pacific Northwest. I turn into an otter. Monster or media. She's taking a sip. She's really thinking about it. I'm going to go with media. It is a monster. Dicks. Bag of dicks. This is called the Kushtaka. Kushtakas are from the Klinkit people in the indigenous Pacific Northwest. They are sometimes good or sometimes bad. I love it when they're like that. Sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> What's the okay. mean? Sometimes good. Sometimes maybe shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes Kushtakas will save people from freezing in the winter. And then, you know, in other stories, Kushtakas will imitate the cries of a baby and you're a nice person. So you go over there and you're like, where is the baby? I only see a river. And then they pop out of the river as an otter and they drag you in and they drown you and you're dead. This is kind of a situation where... This is a situation for sure. <laughs> One... The media needs to know about this monster. Really, we are not talking about the Kushtakas enough. This is like a situation where people are like, oh, if there's like a bowl of M&Ms and one of them is poison, are you eating the M&Ms? I'm not about getting to know a Kushtaka. Yeah, no. Don't trust him. No, but they could save you from freezing. I don't know, wear a fucking coat. Then you don't even need a Kushtaka to save you. Legends say that Kushtaka can be... Legends say that Kushtakas can be warded off through copper, urine, dogs, or fire. So I don't, you could pee on it. You could pee on yourself. You could pee on yourself. As it's dragging it. <laughs> I don't know. If I got dragged by something, I would probably just need to pee on myself anyway. It's going to come out alive or dead. It does not matter. 
And kushnakas mostly like killing young children. So clean-kit mothers would always be warned to keep their children close to them, especially when you're near a river or an ocean. Which if they had those leashes back then, there wouldn't be a problem. Exactly. All right, I've got two more for you. I'm ready. I can assume the form of any animal I touch. I can only stay in the animal form for two hours or else I'm cursed to live my life out as that animal. Monster or media? Media, that's animal. That's animals. Ding, 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 ding. Ah, don't come at me. Boom, boom, boom. And last one. I pretend to be one way and then change years into it. You can find me anywhere from the local bodega to the hills of Indiana. I am never to be trusted. Monster or media? That's you. Okay, well, one, that's rude. Listen, read that back. I pretend to be one way and then change years into it. You are. Are you saying I'm flaky? No, I'm saying. I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives. Like, I could fight. It's like, I got my nails done. Woo! You can find me anywhere from the local bodega to the hills of Indiana. Listen, it's you. I am never to be trusted? Come on. Well, now it's you. I mean, true. Don't trust me. Is it me? No, it wasn't you, but now it is because I'm angry. Game's over. <laughs> the uh. answer's monster. <laughs> and it's, I was going to say it's one of your exes. <laughs> Who is it? All of them, honestly. It's just a bad boyfriend. Is it really? Yeah, that was the answer. That's it's a, hilarious. It's a bad boyfriend, but then you made it about me. <laughs> I still have to carry the rest of this podcast. Oh my God, that's so bad. And also the rest of the research is Alicia's. I'm sorry. I was making a jokey joke. I'm sorry. I am not a cincy sieve. I am a very strong, independent woman who is at her wit's end. <laughs> this room is hot. It's really, I'm sweating so much. So much sweat. All right, so one of the questions we had was, but can I shapeshift? Why are you asking me this? <laughs> you know my feelings on these topics. <laughs> oh. So I would say, you know, go to the woods, stand naked in the full moon, and wait for a werewolf. And maybe, I guess I'm not here to say you can't. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know what you're capable of. I don't know where you live. I don't know your geographical location or your, like, GPS coordinates. Maybe there is a monster. Maybe you'll get killed by a bear. Is it worth the risk? That's your choice, not mine. I just talk on a podcast. So would becoming a shapeshifter, there's a lot of bad attached to it. Is there any good attached to it? And this is an open forum. Is this a discussion? This is a discussion. Okay. Do you think there's any perks of being a shapeshifter? That was one of our questions on Patreon. I say when I think of my X-Men power, Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like everyone's like, oh, I want to fly. Oh, I want to, you know, have super strength. I feel like flying, it's cold up in the sky. Mm, that's a good point. And people want rides, so you'll just become Uber. Oh, good point. If you're super strong, I feel like you could accidentally, like, crush your puppy when you try to pet it. Mm -hmm. So I often say I would like the shadow cat power where you can walk through walls, or I would like the ability to transform into anything that I want to, like Mystique, because I feel like both of those, I could rob a jewelry store and get away with it. That's a good point. I make lots of money. Okay, so life of crime. Being a shapeshifter is actually great. Yeah. Also feel like shapeshifting Marceline from Adventure Time is also a shapeshifter. And sometimes she just does it because she wants a different haircut. And then she cuts her hair and then she shapeshifts into long hair again when she's bored with it three months later, which for me, it did take me three years. That's true. After I shaved my hair. I've been head. growing my roots out. It's still not it all one color yet. It takes a long time. It does take a long time. So I feel like aesthetics. And then um, I wanted to shape into a cool big beast. 
I would then have the great, great privilege of being able to go on a walk at night and get home safe and not have to text my friends, oh, you know, the Uber driver did not kidnap me. But couldn't you get shot by like a hunter? In New York City? These people are crazy. Okay, true. These people are fucking nuts. I've seen Trump parades in cars. It makes no sense. Yeah, the per- yeah. Oh God, that over? I don't know. You moved. Yeah, I don't know. Not in my neighborhood. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, cause I'm kind of on the fence of like, I mean, life of crime was very enticing. I did not think of that argument, but it just seems like a lot of baggage, and I, it's just like, you know, my bags are already so heavy. Like, mm-hmm. do I need one more thing to be worried about, like changing into a? wolf and getting shot by a hunter i don't know it just seems like a lot Mm -hmm. a lot of stigma attached to it too yeah how do you tell your friends you don't yeah so then now you're keeping the secret how do you tell your therapist you shouldn't no no because they gotta call the cia and now you're in like a tube and it just doesn't seem worth it you know i feel like dating would be so hard yeah they're always like where do you go at night are you cheating on me yeah it's a lot of fights a lot of secrets a lot of people being like I want you to trust me. The only way I think it could work Mm -hmm. is if you could transform into like a house cat and the cat just comes and goes whenever it wants. I mean, you can never have a picture of you and the house cat. So there is a flaw to this plan, but it would make the girlfriend who just moved into your home like kind of be okay with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you'd have to lie to everyone. Are there other shapeshifters? Should I date within my community? Maybe. Is there an app for that? We should make an app for that. What would it be called? That's a good question. It's like really hot in here for it's that kind of creativity. I'm trying to make something with polyjuice potion and polyamory. I'm trying. There's something. Love shape. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. Shifty love. Shifty love. That's a dating show. That's a love is blind S. Would you date this werewolf? I mean, does he have a good relationship with his mom? No, he hates his mom. Because that's the reason. And because he never met his dad, who was just a fucking wolf. It, it makes no sense. But I think the closest that you can get to shape-shifting these days is just by using a glamour spell. And we have like a whole episode about glamours. You should just parse through the archive and listen to that. But if you're new to the podcast, a glamour is a spell that you can do to change your appearance or even just your vibe and your personality. You know you're a couch monster slob who sits around eating Doritos as a main food group. But no one else knows because you glamored them to making them see you as something else, which is a high-powered CEO. And, I mean, you're living a lie, but it's okay. Yeah, we all lie. Doritos, they taste fine. Yeah, they're worth it. And you could take on some personality aspects of famous shapeshifters when doing a glamour spell, like... The fearlessness of a werewolf or the sensuality of a vampire, the unpredictability of a fucking puka. You can just like take that all in you and you would be really fun at parties. Oh, everybody would love to have you there. It's just been like, I don't know what they're going to say or do next. They're sexy. I don't fearlessness of a werewolf. I don't know. You might be a bad party guest, actually. You might be a really bad guest. If you go to the bar, you'll be able to get to the front of the line and get me the drink that I need because I'm too polite. Yeah. And you're just cussing people out, pushing them away. But the unpredictable part is that you have a really enjoyable conversation with them. Aww. Isn't that lovely? And that's shapeshifters, baby. That's shapeshifters. Do you have any final thoughts? Any percolations? My flesh is percolating with the hot, hot heat in this room. Yeah. There's sweat everywhere. Uh, No, shapeshifters, love them. Great. I would think that I could have a fun time being one. If I could ever find a shape-shifting boyfriend or girlfriend. Okay. So you're in the market for a shape-shifting boyfriend or girlfriend. 
don't tell your normal boyfriend that. But you know, when you when you can step up, you step up. <laughs> this is the game of life. Elevate, elevate. Elevate. And because we elevated, that means it's which is in the news. Yay! Yay! Welcome to the rest of the episode. It's Alicia's time to shine. She's been shining. She's been shimmering. And now she's at full power. Shine bright like a diamond, baby. Here come the Grape Witches. A wine boutique in downtown Toronto called the Grape Witches are mixing up the wine industry. Grape Witches co-owners Nicole Campbell and Krista Oben have spent years carving out a safe space for women in the male-dominated wine industry. They thought they had done a pretty good job until they realized just how white the space was oh mm. they're like damn 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 we fucked up instead of crying about it though they set up a scholarship of five thousand dollars to help women of color access a costly wine education the cost of education to become a sommelier is that how you say it sommelier sommelier that's not a real word french people fucking we talked about this sommelier ridiculous language sommelier Definition of try Ha-ra-ra-ra. The cost of education to become a sommelier can be very exclusive and very expensive. JB Zale was their first recipient of the scholarship. JB is a first-generation Canadian whose family immigrated from Jamaica. After receiving the scholarship, JB said, When you look at the world of wine, you don't often hear tales of the children of immigrants being able to make their way to the industry. You'll see a lot of people who look like me in the kitchen. You may even see a lot of us in support roles in front of house. But the managers, the sommeliers, the owners will, more often than not, be white people, specifically white men. So cheers to JB and accessible wine. Hell yeah. I don't drink enough wine to know that it's a problem, but I can very much understand how the wine industry would be a problem. Oh, I mean, I feel like there's I definitely... I feel like you just have to be rich to get into it. Yeah, and in order to be rich, you have to own property. And in order to own property, you have to have generational wealth. And then... Unless you're Andrew Como, who just apparently doesn't listen to his father. <sighs> I don't fucking know. Or the women around him. Or the women around him. There's only one other black female-owned wine company that I know of, and that's Black Girl Magic. And they do have a quite delightful rosé. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, we did a flight. My mom set it up to do a flight for christmas she sent oh. like cases of wine to all of her girls oh and we did God. like a tasting is really cute Ugh, tammy's the so best i cannot wait for jb to get their flight of wines and order them hell yes it's gonna be awesome next story is shoes for satan baby a pair of sneakers with a pentagram on them which was on the market for over a thousand dollars sold out in 10 minutes Pretty cool, right? No, says Catholic exorcist Friar Vincent Lambert. God damn it, Friar Vincent. <laughs> Rick Owens teamed up with Converse to make the Turbo Dark Chuck 70, the shoe with a pentagram. Basically, it's a Converse with a pentagram on it. It was sold for over $1,000. I don't know. People are buying this stuff. Rick Owens is quoted as saying he had used the pentagram in fashion for a long time because obviously it has adolescent occult associations. He said it suggests a pursuit of sensation and the pursuit of pleasure. It's very satanic. That's very what it's satanic. All about. Yeah. He gets the vibe. He gets it. Friar Lampert thinks that this is a very bad idea. <laughs> he said, at first glance, one might think that a pentagram on a sneaker may seem to be nothing but harmless fun. We may think of it as nothing more than some form of entertainment, but the devil can use this interest in things associated with the occult as an entry point into a person's life. What a statement. 
So he's getting in through my shoes and not getting in through my blog or perhaps my diary or... The podcast you listen to. He's in your ear right now. Whoops. Fascination with the evil one is not what should be fostered, the priest said. Instead, society should be promoting that the human person is created in the image and likeness of God and blah, 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 blah. Isn't that interesting? One, I was like, how did you find this man? How did you find an exorcist? Why did he talk to you? Does he have a Twitter? I don't know. He's just like tweeting out. Just like, hey, guys, don't buy these shoes. It's bad. God doesn't like it. He told me. He says it's a bad idea. Listen, we're tight. We're tight. But I love that. I'm like, let's get the backlash. Let's get the controversy. What's in the news? Which is in the news? Very interesting. Exorcist in the news. Sorry, Friar Vincent, you just made those shoes worth so much more money. I know, they're going to like double it. <laughs> it's going to be insane. And our last story for today is Black Philip was a dick. Oh, no. The Robert Eggers film, The Witch, is a very spooky and amazing film. Great for the Halloween season. If you're always feeling spooky, great for any season. And, you know, on a film set, you have a lot of personalities and it becomes tiring and tough and arguments ensue and that's just kind of the vibe of the entertainment industry however the biggest diva on the witch was charlie the black goat the goat himself the goat himself the director was quoted saying you can't train a goat the goat was a fucking nightmare <laughs> oh. apparently charlie constantly misbehaved and almost never listened to instructions passively napping when he needed to be energetic and aggressively acting out when he needed to be still. He was full-blown Betty Davis diva. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. He even nearly killed one of the actors. Oh, my God. Ralph Innocent. In fact, Charlie the Goat sent Ralph to the hospital three times, at which point I'm like, why didn't you hire a different goat? Like, I understand money's tight, but yo... That's called a lawsuit. Yeah. Three times? Three times. The first time, okay, a funny story. The second time, something is wrong. Yeah. This goat is possessed. In the most brutal occasion, Charlie rammed into Rouse's ribs and damaged a tendon, forcing the actor to shoot the rest of his scene on painkillers. Oh, no. Isn't that crazy? On talking about his relationship with Charlie, Ralph said, he was horrible. Really, really horrible. From the moment we set eyes on each other, it was just kind of hate at first sight. He had two modes, chilling out and doing nothing or attacking me. His handler? This was just a goat they found. I don't know if this was an acting (laughs) goat. He did not sound trained. Or he was like really method. Yeah. The goat was Satan. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've seen the script. I read the script. This is what you guys wanted. That's fucking insane. And that's been Witches in the News. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you. And for our spell, we have a listener spell. This has never happened before. Yeah. A listener DM'd me and told me a very lovely spell that I'm going to share with everyone on the podcast. So this is Healing for a Loved One spell by Anna. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. You'll need a deep blue candle, an amethyst crystal, a jar, sun water, and a seashell. Anna says she uses a seashell because it is important to her craft. She has a lot of sea witchery going on, and it also targets the two elements we need, earth and water. If you want to use a different representation, you can. You can also add herbs to help however you want. Place the sun water in the jar. Let it soak its energy. 
and then you will pour out the water from the inside and then add your crystal and seashells into the jar. Close the jar and light the candle, light that beautiful blue candle. You will use the wax to seal the jar. As you seal the jar, you will chant these words. And this is for to heal someone else in your life who is going through a lot of pain. I relieve, name a person, from your pain. You are not alone. I will take some of your pain and make it my own. To put in the jar on my right and seal it away as the moon does rise. Say those words until the jar is completely sealed and visualize your loved one healing and being happy. And Anna says she likes to use the smoke to draw sigils over the jar. And she also says she has not noticed any negative effects on herself by like absorbing the pain. So like the jar is the lightning rod. It's absorbing the pain for you. But she has noticed significant progress in all of the friends that she's used the spell for. Oh, Anna. Is that lovely? What a good friend. Yeah. I hope they appreciate you. Yeah, they must. So thank you so much, Anna, for sharing the spell. And that's been our episode, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Anna, thank you for making this episode so much easier. <laughs> that's the thing I do the last, and I always just, like, dread it so much. Once you do one spell, you've done them all. And this was wonderful and delightful, and thank you. If you want to send us a spell that you like to do, you can just fucking do it. I would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez. Our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod, whose music we use as the intro and outro for each episode. Thanks, Kevin. I'd also like to thank everyone that's left a review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, wherever you listen. I understand that Apple Podcast has been a real pain in the ass lately because I had an update in, what, June? And it still has a lot of bugs. But <laughs> thank you so much. It's been wonderful to everyone that has sent us reviews. Reviews help a lot in the sense that we don't advertise. And so the only way people can find us, unless you go up to them and scream into their little witchy faces, listen to witches, they can't find us. That's true. The podcast market is, like, really saturated right now. The pandemic did us no favors. They did it. People were like, <laughs> I'm bored. I guess I'll follow my dreams and make a podcast. So... Write a review. Give us five stars. If you give us less than five stars, I get upset. I mean, we just don't tell Tara. But you should aim for five stars because, like, why would you waste the energy? It's just not worth it. We're not affecting your life that much. You can just not listen. But if you want to find us and send us spells, how do we contact you, Tara? You're going to find me at Her Lovely Face on Instagram. That's my art Instagram. Again, my show, September 9th from 6 to 8 at Sweet Lorraine Gallery. Be there. You can also follow my private Instagram. That's underscore Little Moss. And I just checked to see if you're following with Jess or Alicia. They want to find you. You can find me at Alicia period Herder. That's my name. It's so easy. You can find the podcast Witch Yes at Witch Yes. Also super easy. And then we have the Facebook group, Witch Yes, the Facebook coven. We've got that Patreon that slaps. Mm -hmm. We got the Discord that also slaps. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole community within itself. They just do their own thing over there. It's amazing. And you can even email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And we do read those emails. Eventually. Like she said that we have a really fucking great Patreon. We do. I've talked a lot about it this episode. She loves it. Because anytime I get that email notification that we have another $5, $10 and above Patreon witch, I smile. And I think, thank you. Thank you so much. $5 $5 Patreon and above witches are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, they get early access to shit in the sense that not only do they know that we have a really fun launch coming up in the next couple weeks, but also they get to hear about what the next episode is about and they get to ask questions. Woo! I love it. If you send us questions about shapeshifters after this, 
I cannot guarantee I will answer it. I will do it for Momo. And that's it. Momo replies on every one of those. Momo deserves it. Do it for Momo. Do it for Momo. And is there anything else? I think that's it. All right. I guess this has been... Which, Which yes! yes.